You know the vibes. Hashtags and hot takes podcast back in the building another week. All up in your ear holes, fucking with your mental. What's going on with you? What's good? Got the homie Frankie Diamonds on the line once again. What's happening, homie? What's good, fam? I'm here. Shit, man. A lot of shit has been going off, man. Um, a lot of shit we need to talk about. I want to um, dive right into it with... Um, shit, I don't know. Where should we start? Should we start with the hip-hop top uh, 50 top. list? That's been going yeah. around? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Niggas is out here wilding with that shit. And Big time. You, and you know what? I respect it because of the simple fact that it's creating conversation in hip hop again, like real conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing that I don't like about it is there are a lot of people who are um, taking it and using it as uh, a way to, to make somebody feel like their POV on hip hop is pointless. Yes. Yeah, you got a point because I mean- go ahead. I mean, the, the whole list was created for that purpose. You know, it went viral, and uh, the Brew Podcast came up with it. I never heard of them before. I'm not trying to play them, but they yeah, came up. It I'm like, y'all, y'all got to be on Joe Button's payroll or something. I didn't know. I never knew who these cats were. It just came <laughs> out, and these lists come out all the time. But this right. one went viral, so you know they got. With, to me, it was a lot of shock value shit on there. Like I don't know, maybe that's just your opinion, right? But have like Tupac at number 15 or whatever that was like you knew people were gonna get stirred up and get upset you know what I'm saying right right um I thought it was funny because (laughs) like you you know what here's the thing right because me and my girl was talking about this because she was like oh people listen to Joe Button like that I'm like we got to start really putting respect on Joe name like Joe is an actual lyricist (laughs) yeah (laughs) like he he actually spit the problem is when you get these lists right Everybody's like, oh, I'm up here, right? This is where, you know, top five is supposed to be the spotlight. Because I was saying this earlier, like, if Jadakiss would have never said that he was top five, dead or alive, I don't think people would have ever put him in that conversation. Yeah, I've said that the same. I've said the same thing with um with Lil Wayne. When right. No one started calling him the greatest rapper until he said it himself. And then he made people believe in that, just like Jay-Z when he was saying the same thing. Right. You got to claim it. And you talk it into existence, and the people who follow you will eventually, you know, believe in that shit. So, yeah, Jada. Right. And Jada never convinced me he was top five, but he definitely, from a lyrical perspective, he would be in my top five. Jada is dope. Yeah, like, he's, I, I could quote Kiss verses all day. We got we to gotta own that. Like, Jada is dope. I, I still think from an all-around, like, artist perspective, right. Styles is yeah, he's the more lyrical. He's like the more creative artist on the scale. Yeah, Jada's the better spitter. But my whole problem with that list was, what's the criteria? What are we judging this off? Is it based off lyricism? Right. Because the top five would say, okay, this is based off lyrics and bars. Is it based? It's not based off impact because I'm sorry. As much as Joe Budden is a dope MC, or whatever, Joe ain't had nearly as much impact as anybody on that list. Right. Especially in a top ten. And then you got um, it's off sales because I mean they got some of the most highest selling rappers of all time in the bottom, what ten? Right. I don't know what was it based on. I have no idea. Like that's the other argument. Like what's the like you said? What's the criteria? Because here we are saying it's like we had this conversation too, right? Like what what is what is the 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 bar for the artists that we like? You know what I'm saying? How everybody be like, oh, this artist doesn't get their just due or this artist isn't getting the respect they deserve. Like, what is the respect that they deserve? Like, where should we put them? Yeah. It's a subjective thing. I mean, you got yep. people from, I got family from the West Coast. They're going to put E-40 in their top five. And exactly. I can't, I can't be mad at them because that's what they that's what they listen to. That's what they, that's what they bump out there. That's their I'll shit. Ever put E-40 in my top 15. And, but all due respect to E40. Really? Yeah, but I can't put E40. If I if I did a top list of like my top fifteen, he wouldn't crack it. Wow. And that's all due respect to E40. I'm just right. I just did I didn't grow up on that. That's just not something I I don't have any E40 on my playlist. No, I, I, I respect that because my thing is at this point in time, right, as it as the age that I'm at, 
I'm looking for so many different things. Like, I will put E40 in there just because of what he has done. Like, I'm looking at game changers. Like, people that came in, like, what have you really brought to the game? Like, if people are using your style or something that you did, you deserve to be on the top whatever list. I see what you mean. Top 20, top 50. You there? Yeah, yeah. Was Master P on that list? Shit, I don't know. I got now. I gotta feel like I gotta pull the list up. Now you talk about impact and somebody who came out of nowhere and just like was running the game for like a good good minute. I would put him on there as far as impact. Right. And the fact that he wasn't on there, I was like, wow. But they had eight ball from eight ball and MJG. Now that this is that, what I'm saying. Like, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Like, where are you from? Yo, they had eight ball ranked above Buster Rhymes, Lloyd Banks, Fifty Cent, Game, Rick Ross. I mean, it was just disrespectful. And I'm like, eight ball? Like, don't get me wrong, eight ball is a legend in Memphis, but <laughs> how many eight ball verses you can quote? How many? You know I can't I quote none of them. <laughs> and that's no no disrespect. Like, I just I don't really know too many eight ball or MJG verses. Like, I've heard them on songs, and I'm like, yeah. oh damn, that's dope. I but, did like stuff. That was my shit back in the day. But which I mean, one? Donuts. It was a uh, eight ball MJG and um. Never heard Jazz. of it. You had to hear it if you watched the Players Club before. You heard the song. Oh, uh, okay. But I mean, I wouldn't be able to pick it out of a randomness. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's why I'm saying like these lists are weird because it's all regional, basically. Like yeah. niggas in the South have a different top. 50 list and niggas yeah. out west or back here on the east coast like niggas the niggas was furious Lil Wayne was like number 37 or something I'm not even a Wayne fan but that was kind of outrageous but once again like who are making these lists because yeah. at some point when you look at the top 5 or top 10 it's like okay this is New York bias and then when you look at some points of the list when you got E40 on there ranked higher than uh Let's say a, a Lloyd Banks, and then you got an A Ball on there ranked higher than a Little Wayne, or a, a, you got Bun B on there, and you got you know some some of it is just all over the place. It is, but I I give them credit for starting this conversation. People put these lists out every day, but yep. this one, what really got people was the whole Joe Budden ranked number three, and even right. Joe, he was like, "Look, I don't got no problem with it," but. It is what it is. Of course, he's going to big himself up. Everybody's supposed to do that. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, Joe must got these niggas on payroll. Yeah, you. one would think that. Because when we all saw it, like, and I'm a firm believer in, yeah, give Joe his his credit as a, but when I saw him in top three, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, uh, I don't know about all that. Because even if I'm breaking down lyricists, I can name other niggas that was lyrically inclined to me better than Joe Budden. I could name right. five or seven, eight guys. So, I mean, that's, that's all I whole question. But was, if we're is, talking impact, let's no, not... not even, I, I, for him? No, me, not impact in the sense of, like, changing the game. Like, impact in the sense of he was the first one talking, like, all this emo shit. Like, Joe was mad emo. He His whole freaking mixtape series was, uh, what the hell is that? Moon music. Okay, yeah, mood music. Like, he was in his feelings before it was cool to be in your feelings. <laughs> he was talking about mental health before it was cool to talk about mental health. We just overlooked it because we like, yeah, that, he going through something. But, yeah, there's just shit rock right here. He on some light skin shit. But, I mean, exactly. I think more of an impact on his media run. Than oh, yeah. His, his hip-hop run. I think he's more popular now and more people are interested in hearing what he has to say as a critic than his right. music. Average hip hop fan, they just know pump it up, and they yep. know uh, the joint with Marcus Houston. Unless you a real hip hop, you don't even know the name of it. We just like, yo, he had a joint with Marcus Houston too. <laughs> yeah, up in the club. That's what it was. it was. Actually, a hard joint. I mean, it was just if you unless that's the average fan's uh, perception of Joe. They right. just know two songs that they don't know anything else. So that's why I say he hasn't had as a big impact overall commercially. No, yeah. not not uh, not like. But see, that's the other thing too. Do we consider commercialized artists top great artists like of hip hop? People would make that argument against Tupac. Why? Because he was more commercial, or 
will say, well, he wasn't that lyrical, and it was, you know, blah, but blah. But his, his words, like, it, it's not, because, see, I'm a huge Tupac fan. Yeah, me too. You, you know what I'm saying? But I, and even people were like, oh, he wasn't that lyrical. It's like, what do you mean? Like, the man, it was poetry in motion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the shit was just so dope, and, like, the 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 content that he had is what made it great. Everybody tried to compare him and Biggie, right? Like, you can't compare the two. Nah, and Biggie to me is my favorite of all time. Just based on, I don't think no one's flow, that he had the flow, the voice, the bars, that sent that sent chills down your spine. Like, he had the, the whole package to Big me. was saying some shit. Yeah, he had something to say, and that nigga's flow was just on, it was just like effortless. It's like the nigga just woke up, and it was one take. There was no two, three takes. Let's just go. And it was just crazy to me. I didn't, nobody ever had, you know, and even I was looking at that list, they had Big Pun ranked at like 40. I was like, yo. But that's y'all. because a lot of those kids, they weren't around. Pun yeah. died so early in his career. School rap if you weren't there, because you got to do your research. That's what I'm saying. That's why these lists are bullshit. Because Pun was sick. I mean, I know his career was like a hiccup long, but Pun was, was a problem. Yeah, like, he was. Especially for how big he was and how like his how many words control. he could get out. Yeah, his breath control was crazy. I mean, how he could he don't get mentioned with Buster and Twister for how fast you know niggas talk about right. rappers that fast. Pun could get out like fifty eight words and like <laughs> like nothing. I'm like, yo, how did he do that? Right. I mean, once again, I think it's beautiful that um this conversation was had because for so long. There's always been the conversation of the top five. And you can never really fit, like, it's it's unfair to have a top five list. Yeah, I've never do them. People ask me, because I did a video this week, and they was like, well, what's your top five? I'm like, bro, I've been listening to this shit my whole life. I really can't narrow it down. Right. I could give you five for every decade, maybe, but I not- give you a different five every day of the week, depending on how I feel. How I feel. That's like my favorite albums and shit. Like, I could, one day, it might be only built for Cuban Link. Yep. The next might be blueprint. The next day it could be ready to die. It just changes. You know what I'm saying? I'm exactly. Just, I'm Man, I was surprised there wasn't no females on the list other than Nikki. That's been the conversation that's been going on too. Like yeah, no, a lot of women are like, "Oh, ain't no females on this list." But let's keep it real. <laughs> How many dudes are riding around bumping female rap? Like I told you last time, Eve was one of the only few rappers in Lauren Hill, if you consider her a rapper, that real niggas was riding around bumping that. I don't right. know any niggas bumping Nicki Minaj. Maybe yeah. Queen back in the day, MC Light back in the day. Because, you know. like, think about it like this. Who's, who wants to ride around talk about some, with, uh, I'm a Barbie banging out yeah. your, your system? That's, that was for girls and gay dudes. I always thought it was. I mean, that was for them. That was and that's that, fine. That was- like, Cause I told somebody this, uh, as far as female rappers go, I was like, I don't think you can even compare them. No, like, because when you do compare them, it turns into oh, you're pitting women against each other. Even though hip hop's a competitive sport, and when Nicki and uh, Remy was going at it, you know what I'm saying? Like that was beautiful, but everybody got all in their feelings because you know when one woman gets hurt, it's like oh, we got to stop the game. So. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it real. There's room for all of them. And there aren't enough female lyricists or rappers or whatever you want to call them out there for us to even have that conversation. Uh, I mean, would you consider Missy a rapper? I think Missy was dope as fuck, but most people would consider her like a hybrid. Like she's in between. Right. She, she sung, but she also rapped, but she wrote R&B as much as she wrote. Kind of like Lauren Hill. Missy's yeah. like in that. I would, I would compare Missy to like a Busta Rhymes. Okay, but then Buster's known as an MC, though. That's what I'm saying. Right. To me, doesn't get credit as a rapper. And when people talk about best female rappers, they never mention her. And she was dope as fuck. For Missy yeah. had like a run when Missy wasn't missing. She was shooting from the field like crazy. Yeah. And, then, and Remy wasn't on the list. So. Nope. <laughs> you would think if you're talking like, I mean, come on. Remy should be on the list because she spit harder than some dudes. Like, there aren't too many female rappers out there I can say that spit hard or harder than some dudes. Yeah. Rhapsody is a couple of them, but yeah, right. they won't. This is a macho man kind of 
James Brown, you know, it's a man's world kind of bias in hip hop. It's always going to be like that. They'll, it'll never be Nikki's run is the closest thing you'll see to a female running hip hop. Yeah. Number one chick, number one artist. And even Nikki's run, it was kind of like she shared it with Wayne and Drake. She wasn't really by herself at the top. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't even because even though like Nikki's from New York, right? But no one, everyone was still like New York fell off. She was the hottest thing going, and she was from Jamaica, Queens, but people were still like, yo, New York is is, is done. Right, because she was running with Young Money. Yeah, so it wasn't even like she was representing New York. It felt like she was just <laughs> she was just there. But that goes to show you how fickle hip-hop fans are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we love you one moment, then the next moment we don't even mess with you like that. That's why I love hate relationship with the game. Like, I was telling my pops, I was like, yo, because... You know, my pops grew up in that 80s era, and I was like, yo, Rakim in 1987 was worth more money than he would be in 2019. Wow. And what I was saying, I was like, yo, Rakim couldn't charge you no more than maybe $45 to go see him right now, depending on the venue. But That's still a lot of money to go see him. Yeah, exactly. But but Travis Scott could charge somebody 120 because Mm. he's more relevant and he's younger and he's you know in that demographic and he was like okay I, get, I said yeah that's why when these older artists do concerts they all get together and it'd be like five of them they'll do like an old school all-star contest I mean con- concert right so because most people ain't paying 40 bucks to see Kumo D or you know KRS1 no disrespect but they do. They do. Where I stay at every year. They have like old school concerts, like a picnic, and they'll have KRS One come out there or Big Daddy Kane. Them niggas be performing for free. I mean, they'll get paid, but it's but a yeah. free, free public. Yeah, like the older you get, the more your value drops. Unless you're like Jay Z. Mm. So I mean, it's a it's a young man's game. It's the demographic is like fifteen to twenty five. Yeah. So the older you get, the more like. Your value it's like a car you take it off the lot and it don't mean it don't it's not worth what it used to be worth right you know so that's one thing i don't like about the game like they flex out the old heads and it's like in r&b patty labelle is still worth what she was worth 30 right. years ago so do you think it's our fault as the fans like yeah. the general our us like yeah. not you or i because i still pay homage to my uh <laughs> older rappers like I, I I have my kids listening to Nas, like you know what I'm saying, oh. like Stillmatic. Yeah. Um, we was listening to uh, the Nigga album the other day. Um, Life is good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because not for nothing, Nas got mad jewels in his shit. Oh yeah, did you hear his shit with um, Nori where he was talking about his theory on hip hop being dead? I think they programmed us. Yeah, my fault. My fault. It's all good. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking like what? Um. But you were saying, um, yeah, Nas is um when he was on the drink chance with Nori, which is a great segue. We're gonna get into that in a second too. Yeah, when he was like, "Yo, hip hop," when he was talking about hip hop being dead, and he's really like, "Yo, they they took it from us, like mm. programmed the way we think to where we feel like if a rapper is over a certain age and they've been out a long time, man, that nigga washed up. Fuck that." Or you know, just most of the trends in hip hop have been programmed from the powers that be. We don't really have as much control over it as we should. So it comes from, you know, urban America. It comes from the streets. We don't control hip hop culture as much as we should. Right. Kind of like what Nas was getting at, where he says it's dead. It's been like corporate America owns this shit now. And they set the agenda and they kind of tell us what to like. I mean, you they, they force these records on us on the radio. I mean right. how many how many weeks has Old Town Road been? Like seventeen weeks straight? Something like that. Fucking crazy. My son I, said eighteen. He yeah, he 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 keeps up with that crap for some reason. I, I kept up with it too when I was his age. But I mean it's like that's like what, five months? I mean, that's fucking yeah. crazy. No one's requesting that anymore. You know what I mean? No one right. really they just they force it on you. The radio ready the records play you know, the record labels are pay the stations, they'll put it on there and they just like will force feed it to you. Let it before, running. You know, yeah, before you know it, you humming it because it's kind of catchy and it's a hit. Yep. No, you're right about that. Uh, they 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 definitely do force a lot of music on us. But with that being said, 
we still like cuz I posed this question too like how long do we have before uh hip hop is whitewashed or basically fully controlled by uh white artists because it's already controlled like the the people yeah, who run it is already yeah it's all old white men that's why I've been telling people like they get mad when like Michael Rappaport will say something about hip hop. I'm like, dude, y'all live, y'all don't know, but white people been running hip hop for a while now. Leo Cohen and Jimmy Iovine and it has been going on for years. Who do you think own these record labels and these? Yep. We don't see black owned radio stations. You know that, right? Like hip hop stations. Yeah. We don't own High ninety seven is owned by some Jewish family. Yep. Just a like uh, Power one hundred five. We don't own any of this shit. So hip hop is like something that we created, our people, but we have no real benefits. There's no hip hop reparations. There's nothing we're gonna. Hell no. We don't have any equity in it. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing in it for us. So it's like they already own it. I don't think it'll ever be whitewashed where you'll have like white rappers dominating the charts. But right. Well, because they they need to exploit our people. Yeah, because we have better stories to tell than them. I mean. Right. Eminem had a good story, but I mean, the average white kid doesn't have a more appealing story than, let's say, 50 Cent or Jay-Z or, you know, Meek Mill. You know what I mean? Right. So that, that we have more appeal because of our reality than they do. So, of course, they always going to exploit us. That's where the money's at. Mm. That is exactly a fact. Let's talk about um, Drink Champs because you posed this um, this statement uh a while ago and then i spoke on it last week but um you you said that you you think that since drink champs got with revolt that they basically been fucking up i wouldn't say fucking up because i still well they took they definitely take more breaks than they used to it's not as consistent at one point they took like two months off i don't know if you remember that earlier oh yeah i remember but um i just think it's got kind of watered down and when i say watered down i'm not talking about like Nori yelling and screaming and because that's what made drink champs drink champs. It was like organized chaos, you know what I mean? Like yeah. wild shit. Anything could happen, random people show up. You know, I remember they had one episode, it was like Nori, uh EFN, they had uh Drew Hill. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, corrupt and all yeah. <laughs> and, and it was the wildest shit. I mean, people you would never think would be in the same room together. That's what made drink champs dope. Now it's like you can't listen to it. I listen to it more than I watch it. Yeah. You listen to it. It's like 99 commercials. They got all these sponsors. And it's like Nori just, he's not going to be but so upfront and honest because he's buddy-buddy now with so many industry people. Right. People that he used to have beef with when he was rapping, he's now cool with. And I'm cool with all the peace and shit. Don't get right. me wrong. And I want Nori to still be beefing with Nas because he was back in the day at one point. But oh, I remember yeah, it's just certain stuff that you just know Nori ain't going to be straight up with. And it's like, to me, it seemed like Nori was more prior to the revolt and all of that stuff and all of the uh, sponsors. It just seemed like the show was more, more like, in the, in the you know, just regular hood shit. It just happened to be a camera there. Now it's just mm-hmm. a little too obvious. I still like it, but it's just not the same. No, I'm the same way. I agree. But I do feel like, me personally, I feel like they're falling off. Because the last few episodes that I've listened to and I've watched haven't been what got me, what wrote me into it. You didn't like the the Nas one? No. You didn't like it? Oh. (laughs) Nah. Because I I felt like it wasn't really, I felt like it was contrived. Okay. Like, I felt like it was really contrived and... I mean, not for nothing, we could have got that same interview on a breakfast club. Yeah, it was too short to me. I thought it could that usually too? two hours and some change. I, I didn't know it. I didn't learn anything other than that story he had with him, Buster, and Biggie. And he was like, Biggie had his broken, and Biggie didn't want to come up to the studio. Right. That was a cool little story. That and, and the, the one about Prince. Yeah, the prince and the whole masters. That was the gem of the whole show. But other than that, I didn't I didn't learn anything. We about learned that. about what? Body in the trunk. We learned how that song came about. It's like oh. those little gems were cool. Yeah. But I wanted to hear like in depth shit. Like talk to me. Tell me about like 
Like, cause Nori was like, "Well, what y'all want uh, me to ask my man about his wife?" Not now. Nah, we don't want to hear nothing about that. But let's go into, you know, the Easter beef. Let's go into, you know, what I'm saying, like little things like that, because that is hip hop history. Yeah, but at the time, I think Nori, you know, Nori was fucking messing with Rockefeller heavy, and right, yeah, and he, he's he's doing business with them, so. So, you know, Nori ain't going to tell, tell her, like, right now, no joke, no joke got some beef with Nori, so. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nori, like, him and Nori got something going on. I ain't really looking to it that well, but. Yeah. Uh, well, it all started with um with Biggs. I guess Biggs called him a liar on Drink oh. Champs, and then, um, and then, you know, Choke was up, like, Yo, don't you know what I'm saying? Let me let you know, let me defend myself. Don't call me no liar. I got I got facts, I got proof, this, that, and the third, and all this other stuff, but Nori wouldn't, you know, allow that. So hold on a second. What? Did it go off? All right, go ahead, change it. But um Nori Nori, you know, let Biggs go off. And that was the BS too, because I found that like sad when they were doing um the real Rick Ross. I didn't even listen to that one. I had you know, I interviewed him on my shit like two years ago. Really? Yeah, that was like my first episode, my second episode actually. Wow. How'd you get that? Everybody be like, yo, you had to pay for that. I was like, No, all my life, I swear to God. Like, you know what I did? I DM'd him on his like, you know, I thought I was going to be talking to his manager. I, so I sent an a email, to, you know, to his email and his bio on Twitter. Okay. And um, told him I wanted to, you know, interview him on my show. And he gave me, I gave him my number. Next thing you know, I'm smoking a blunt with my homeboy the next day. And I see a California number pull up. I'm like, oh, shit, who this? <laughs> and wow. I'm, it's the manager. It's Rick Ross himself. I'm like, oh, shit. So like, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then the next morning, me, him, and Candy did the interview. I, I lost it because my fucking SoundCloud, that bullshit. Oh, I'm, man. I don't want to knock SoundCloud, but because I canceled my membership, I lost all of my shit. So I would have to, you know, open you, my account. You could re-up it and then yeah. snatch all your audio off. Got to keep yeah. your masters, man. Got to get my masters. That's what Nas was saying, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I I liked how he had him up there. He had Freeway. Free, like, freeway Ricky Ross on there and then like two weeks later they had the rapper Rick Ross but mm. Nori didn't he did not touch not one thing about Freeway in the the thing that's what I'm talking about Nori be tapped he be, he be you know walking on eggshells I'm like come on bro you yeah not like and because you know like I know the reason a lot of people got into podcasts because it's more of an intimate conversation you yeah. want to really tell those those stories. You get to tell your side of the story without having to have nobody be like, "Nah, that's not really what happened." Nah, yeah. tell me, tell me your POV. What really it's happened? Filter, right? But nope mm. they they they. I feel like they getting soft, man. They getting the money, and I respect it. But they getting they getting soft. Hey, they been soft. You know who I miss? Combat Jack, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, man. I was just saying that too. Rest in peace, Combat, man. This shit, but yeah, they they definitely got soft. I mean, it depends on who they. I used to listen to it every episode. Now it's just it depends on who it, it depends is. on who's up there, right? I want to give it a chance, but yeah, I think I said this about a year ago. I thought they fell off, and a lot of people was like, "Man, you hating?" I'm like, "No, I've been listening to Drink Chance since day one. It's something that's just off about it, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But I'm like, this just isn't what it used to be. It's but, it's, it's polished. It's too polished." Yeah, yeah. The thing about podcasts, it's supposed to be raw. Yeah, and that's why I always listen listen to it opposed to watching Drink Champs because yeah. what is the full? It's no edits. It's nothing. It's just raw. It's straight you know, through. It's edited out. They cut it down to like what thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, know. for TV. Yeah, I don't. I don't do Revolt anyway. Even when I had Revolt, I wasn't watching it. So yeah, that's crazy because I feel like. Like when we talk about like podcasts and and, and uh, podcasts that are actually taking over, I feel like Joe Button's podcast is one of the one that's still, still. original and authentic. Yeah, because a lot of podcasts right now, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm I'm listening to more like 
comedic shit now. Right. Like Jeff Ross or, yeah, this one called Two Jews and Two Black Dudes. Oh, wow. With the, the locks, it's like Sheik and Styles. But these oh, two, um, uh, what the fuck? Two, it's the real. Yeah, yeah, them niggas. That should be funny to me. I mean, I, I listen to shit like that now and a bunch of other stuff because a lot of these podcasters to me fell off or either they just stopped running them. Right. And so it's like, it, to me, it's an oversaturated market too. But mm-hmm. I mean, good room for, you know, good content out there. But a lot of people just lazy with their shit or they just watered the fuck down. Right. It's like that with um, fucking Brilliant Idiots. I stopped listening to that like two years ago. <laughs> and that was and that was around the time when uh, Charlemagne started doing his little um, transition into, uh, I guess, mass media, I want to yeah. say. He, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, I made a video about that. Yeah, you did. And that yeah. and that was another debate that I wanted to to have with you because um you you're very critical about him. Like so uh so you 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 think that he's using uh mental health as a way to cross over, so to speak. Yeah. I don't think he just woke up out of bed one day and said, Oh, I'm all of a sudden I care about mental health and I'm gonna be the advocate for mental health. I do I do think he takes it seriously when it comes to his own personal mental health. He goes to see a, he sees a therapist and but it just doesn't it comes off kind of disingenuous cuz it's like to me I would rather hear someone who is more uplifting and positive preaching mental health on the radio. If Tom Joyner was doing that, that would make sense. You see what I'm saying? But when it comes from someone who calls people donkeys and insults people all day. It just doesn't come off as genuine. I have no problem with the character. I think it's funny. You know, I've been, you know, Charlemagne's a cool dude and all, but it just doesn't come off realistic from him out of all people talking about mental health. I think he's just, like, he wants to be like the Black Howard Stern. Mm. Or the, but in order to get to where they're at, you have to cross over somehow for corporate America to embrace you. Because at the end of the day, you're a black man with a, a very, you know, valued opinion. And I think he's reached the ceiling with the Charlemagne character. I don't think he can be more successful than he's gotten at this moment. Because, he, like I said, he had a TV show on MTV, too, but it got canceled. Uh, Uncommon Sense. Yeah. It's just, if he wants to get a TV show or like with, like, a big network, like an NBC or a Universal, he's going to have to water himself down. He's got to right. find a way to cross bread. So he's got new management. And he's trying to find ways to cross brand. And I'm not going to knock anybody for wanting to be more successful. He's made a lot of money, a lot of success for himself. But I think he's maxed out on that character. He's got to find a way to, you know, cross brand. Because you can't, they're not going to give that guy, that character that he does, it's not, it's, it's a ceiling to it. It's only but so much, you know, they're going to let him do. And so I, that's all, I think he's using this to cross brand himself because that's what Howard had to do. Wendy had to do it. Wendy has a whole nother audience on television that she had on radio. Right, right. I, I used to watch the Wendy Williams show, but she would never listen to her on the radio. Wendy on the radio was a whole nother monster. You know what I'm saying? She right. had to water it down. And I think he's going to have to water himself down if he wants to cross brand. So to me, the mental illness thing is kind of like one of those things he's using because he's they got him going to elementary schools and talking about that shit you know what i mean right that's a way for him to get in any other situation would he ever be invited to your son's school probably Probably. not exactly that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying about him i just i see what he's doing so you don't you don't think that them using because like you said his opinion is valued and Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people think that like I feel like he can't do any wrong. It's like I don't think that. It's the same way I feel about Joe Button. I watched these guys when they were at their lowest and darkest moments. You know what I'm saying? Like when Charlemagne was just dark skinned Charlemagne, as they like to say. You know, and <laughs> I remember him just being wild. But it's like I see the progression. Like something snapped in him to where you know it's like I don't know if he woke up one day and was like, "Shit, I got." I got a daughter, I got two girls, I got to stop wilding, or he got married and decided he had to stop. You know, I don't know what it was, 
but I admire the progression, especially amongst black men, because we don't have enough people out here that are um, shining a positive light. Now, if he if he is using that to like brand himself in another light, do I think it's wrong? No, I don't think it's wrong. The and the reason I don't think it's wrong is because, like you said, you reach a ceiling. Now, we talked about this before too. If you and I started a company, do we want it just to be you and I forever, or do we want to see how much money we can make with this? Yeah, I want to take it to the top. Yeah, and I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just it comes off like hypocritical. Mm. And then it's like, hey, they got a song, uh, Black Men Don't Cheat, him and Duval, right? Yeah. And how many times has Charlemagne admitted on the radio that he used to cheat on his wife? Uh, he's he's done it uh, probably yeah. more than a couple dozen. Probably like twice a day he says that. And then it just doesn't, it just comes off disingenuous when you like, you'll spend 10 minutes telling somebody they don't get a day and then turn around and close out the show. Well, uh, let's, you know, we got to get our mental health. I'm like, hold up, dude, you just insulted little mama and made her cry. You just did this. You just did that. Right. It just does off. You know what I mean? It just comes off kind of like, huh? So, so what you're saying is you basically, if you're going to talk that mental health, like you got to just walk the street. Yeah, you got to walk the Walk. Yeah, you gotta walk that walk, and he doesn't want to. So. That's BS, man. Because that's like me. Like, then that means I gotta like, I would have to like basically disown what I've been through. You know what nah, I'm saying? Like, to but, I ain't no preacher. I'm the no, same dude, but I want to acknowledge the fact that we all have something going on, and we all need to address it. Doesn't mean that you can't be human. Yeah, man, he's being human, but as far as like this is the compromising part because you you he had he had what brought him to the dance was the Charlemagne character, the the guy who insults people, the architect of aggravation, and right. you know, so he has to keep that fan base satisfied because people, let's be honest, people tune in to listen to him and and to hear the interviews. That's really why the show was popular. Right. So he's got to still feed that crowd, got to still water that plant. And at the same time, you're trying to do the mental illness, the health thing. So it's like you're trying to do two things at once. I think he knows he's going to have to water that shit down in order to really get to where he's got to go. Right. Because that's why he lost that uh, HBO deal. Yeah, yeah, because he won't water himself down. But that's the only way, and I guarantee you that's what his managers are telling him. That's the only way you're going to cross over. If you want to be on HBO like Bill Murr, Mm -hmm. you're going to water that shit down and he's still trying to you know satisfy both fan bases you're trying to reach out to this mental shit but you're trying to satisfy poor fan that got you to where you're at all this time right right that's what i'm saying like he's compromising himself it's all nothing right. wrong but he has no he's got to make a choice right because when when you initially made the comment about um him using that to cross over i didn't know if that was your way of being like there's something wrong with crossing over or, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm like, cause I always have this question with people like when an artist, a rap artist get too big, they're like, Oh man, I, I like the old, but it's like, we want to, we want, when we get into business of making money, we want to make as much money as possible. Yeah. We don't want to be like, I made a million dollars. That's it. I'm set. I want a hundred million if I could get it. Yeah, but as long as you're not selling your soul and you ain't got to flush your dignity down the drain, you could do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Right. As long as you're not selling your soul. I don't think he's selling his soul. I just think he's putting himself in a compromising position. It's either you're going to go all the way with this shit and be done with the Charlemagne gimmick, or you're going to just be stuck where you're at. And where he's at isn't it's not the bad, you know, where he's right. at. He's doing himself. But if he wants to take that step, to fully cross over so you could be the next Howard Stern or whatever, you gonna have to pick. You gonna have to make a choice. I don't think he. I don't. Me personally, I don't think he'll be able to do that because what? if he drop, like if he completely waters down the the Charlemagne character, mm-hmm. he's gonna lose that original following. Yeah, because everybody gonna be like, "Oh man, you pussy." Yeah, like, you, you know what I'm saying. Like they, they already, you know, on the podcast, have been calling them PC to God because it's like, dude, you, you know that who, ain't how you really feel. Who but, called them that? Um, the the listeners, and then you know Schultz to throw it out there at him every now and then, be like, ah, oh, his PC to God, you know. It's like, <laughs> no, that's why. 
face done. I mean, not to say anybody wouldn't want to get their face done, you know, if you, if you needed to. But I told people, I said, that's the reason why he got his face done. So he got more cameo and visual opportunities. He had a face for radio. If you want to get on, you want to get in Hollywood and he's had some cameos, you got to look a certain way. That's just what it is. Right. But um, it, PC, that's crazy. They call him that. But everybody now, Howard Stern was this raw, edgy dude, right? Every, I grew up on him. I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably, you yeah. know, Howard, a lot of Howard Stern fans have been pissed off at him since he went to Sirius. And he's a judge on what America's got talent. Right. You know, his demographic has changed. He got five, he's judging five-year-old white girls on stage and on NBC now. So, right. of course, Howard had to change his, he had to water himself down. He can't be talking that wild shit no more because now he's got a whole new demographic that's in front of him. And Wendy had to do the same. So it's it's possible, but Charlemagne gonna have to say, "Hey, fuck you, niggas. I'm PC, but I got all this bread." You right. Know? And oh. I wanna I wanna live because, uh, what was it last week? Yeah, last week when they had um, Glasses Malone on on the podcast, and um, this dude Taz, I guess he was in radio too before. I don't know, him, but they were talking about the whole reparations thing, right? And. <clears throat> Taz and Glasses Malone was like, yep, I want reparations because, you know, I guess one of the presidential candidates out of the hundreds of them that's trying to run was saying something like, yeah, we're going to give out reparations. It needs to happen. And he's like, well, how's it going to happen? Is that in the third? And like, it doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, dude, you're already rich. We want to get there. And when they said that, I was like, damn, like they really like Charlemagne isn't the same dude from Monk's Corner, which I understand. Like, you don't want to be the same person you are 20 years ago. But when they said that statement, I'm like, damn, dude, they really pulling your, your uh, card right now. But you, you out with black reality. You're like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? Because we talk about ASAP Rocky and what he said mm-hmm. about I'm in the hills, I'm in Soho, that has nothing to do with me. That's what most of these motherfuckers feel like. That's got money. That's black. It's just he was they the only. Say it. Yeah, he was the only one dumb enough to go public with it. Shit, because envy, envy says that shit all the time, but in in a different way. Yeah, he'd be like, you know what? I'm going home to my big mansion with my 18 cars, right? And I'm gonna do real estate seminars this weekend. That's and, all he's talking about. Yeah, you know, you, you know, because oh, real estate and real estate and you know, I got a hundred unions and, and this that and it's like, I respect that, but like. Every now and then, they, they, we need to be in touch with reality. Understand yeah. where you come from. Like, I feel like when you become rich, as a black person, when you become rich, you should at least go back and, like, have a poor meal, like, one some week out of the month. Yeah, some, some time rhyming to humble you out. Right, just to be like, damn, all right, I remember this. You know what I'm saying? Like, not have everything that you have for, like, a week. Like, just put it on hold. Like, you ain't got to lose it. Just put it on hold and go back to your old way. So that way you don't, because when you when you going up the ladder as much, yeah, you got friends that you all look out for, but your audience, the people who listen to you and support you, because we as the consumers, we have the power. Yeah, that's the compromise and shit about, the, um, about being a black celebrity. Your consumers, your customers are the poor blacks. But yeah, you live amongst the elite whites because the first thing black people do when you get money naturally, you're going to move into a wealthy white neighborhood. Let's be honest. Right. Niggas far away from, and this is why like you had like Muhammad Ali and all of them were so socially conscious back then because they weren't making the kind of money these rappers and athletes are making now. So they live like the the middle class black folks. They were still in touch with reality. They weren't Mm -hmm. far in the hills looking down on poor Negroes. So that's a whole nother thing, but it's crazy, man. You could go on and on about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, you go on and on about that shit. I mean, yeah, but niggas is out of touch with a lot of shit that's going on. So they can talk about it like they really care, and they'll be like, well, I just I did charity, I did this, and I did that. But they, they'll never really understand it because they so disconnected from it. Yeah, hold on a second. I'll see you in a minute. All right. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It is it, it is a disconnection, and I feel like, you know, we being, it, it, I guess it is being conscious and aware, 
Because as much, like you said, as much as people gave ASAP Rocky slack for what he said, a lot of these other black celebrities feel exactly like that, but mm-hmm. they won't say it. It's like yeah. the time Envy came into the station talking about some, we need to, we really need to have stop and frisk because niggas tried to jack him for his, uh, his Rolls Royce. I remember that. I remember that. Yep. He was, he, his dad is a cop. Right. I'll tell you that in a second. His dad was a cop. And it's like, <laughs> yo, but like, I, I'm pretty sure Will Smith feels the same way ASAP did. And a lot of these, not to put words in Will Smith or somebody's mouth, just using an example. I know they, what you're saying. Yeah. Most of them feel that way. Like that's y'all problem. Like every major city that's had an outbreak of cops beating up niggas. I mean, hell, Jada's from Baltimore. What was she doing when Freddie Gray and all of that was going on? You know, right. they used to really Philadelphia Pistolvania. That's Will Smith and Kevin Hart's hometown. You got some right. of the wealthiest niggas in the in the nation from Philly. What are they doing? But you know what they do? Everybody goes out and they make these statements every time. Oh, uh, you know, it's a tragedy. But yeah. like, nigga, you sitting in a penthouse somewhere safe. Yeah. And Obama did that and everybody drooled over that shit about the, the whole shooting the other day. I was like, oh, God. Like, like right. niggas, like, wasn't happening when he was in office, too. Right. Like, this, you know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody, we, 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 we forget very fast. Yo, speaking of president, I hate to segue and cut you off. Did, nah, did, go did, ahead. Barry, uh, Bernie Sanders and Cardi B. Did you see that shit? Oh, man. I heard about it. I didn't watch it because I refused to watch. Um, I did a, That's a like bit. the ultimate form of pandering right there. That was just, to me, it was like a slap in the face of my intelligence. Like, how dumb do they think we are? Like, you are that desperate to get the young black vote? You think Cardi B speaks for black America? Mm-hmm. This video of Cardi B online at the strip club sticking beer up her pussy. And Damn. and the, he represents black America. So Bernie and his camp thought that that was a good idea. To kill a Mike, I could deal with. But you I mean, to think that Cardi B would know, this girl probably has no high school diploma, let alone right. any of I've doubted if she's ever voted before. And him sitting down with her, they thought that that was a good idea to get the black vote. Like, that's how dumb they think we are. I don't think it was just the black vote. I think it was that young demographic. Because Cardi audience is like, I mean, when you it's reach... Broad. Yeah, when you reach a certain level in uh, record sales, when you become, like, multi-platinum, you ain't just selling to black people now. You're, yes. you're, you're on that... You got little white kids that look up to you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And a lot of kids, like... Next election, my daughter's going to be able to vote. You know what I'm saying? So all of those kids in that demographic are, you know, that's Cardi's fan base. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, I looked at her posts and it was like a 50-50 split. You know, the older folks was kind of like, get the fuck out of here. And the younger folks was like, okay, we going to vote for Bernie as a team Cardi, you know. Exactly. Maybe it'll work. I just it's just like it reminded me of like when Hillary Clinton had Mary J. Blige singing to it. Oh God. how cringeworthy that was. I, <laughs> oh, when a boy is shot down. I was like, oh no. Like that shit I never forgave Mary for that. That was horrible. That is hilarious. And Hillary did it more than anybody. I mean, the hot sauce out the bag. Right. The, the she had freeway hanging out with her and Ghostface, Cosanda, and Jay-Z, and LeBron, and she's still sitting at home like me and you. So, good luck, Bernie. Yeah, and Bernie, see, the thing is, nobody trusts old white men anymore. <laughs> we should have never trusted them to begin with. I mean, no, we shouldn't, but you, you understand, like, before Obama, that's all we knew. All right, yeah, put the, put the country in the hands of these old white men. They know better. We don't know what we're doing. We, <laughs> hey, let, them, let them drive the ship. You know how funny people are? Because I remember when Obama was running and John McCain was like the evil force holding you down, right? He yeah. was the whole <laughs> talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. He was like fucking just this menace, you know what I mean? And then he got cancer and they started beefing with Trump and everybody became like, all of a sudden he became this sympathy, this sympathetic figure. And everyone, oh, John McCain was a good man. Rest in peace. Right, like, right. I hated this nigga 10 years ago. Yep. To me, he had a big reason why it was so easy to vote for Obama because it was the obvious choice. It was him or this evil white guy with no neck. Yeah, like 
now y'all it just it's funny how people just are so fickle and they 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 opinions just sway so quick. So all you gotta do is beef with Trump. George Bush beefed with Trump and people was like, Hey, Bush wasn't that bad. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Exactly. He don't look that bad now in comparison. Yeah, oh, y'all hated him fifteen years Can ago. Can we bring but... back the nigga that was reading upside down? Shit. <laughs> y'all hated him fifteen years ago. Niggas yep. was throwing at him and shit. Now oh, you know, Trump is the number one guy to hate now. So I'm like, yo, this is funny to me. I, I like to troll people with the Trump shit sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I take it back. It ain't just hip-hop fans that are fickle. It's humans. Americans. It's like, you tell us something that we want to hear. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't like pancakes. It's like, hold up, mm-hmm. you was just at IHOP the other day. Yeah. All you have to do right now to get black folks, black folks to really fuck with you is to say something about Trump. That's how oh, yeah. simple. That's how easy it is. That's yeah. all you got to And it sucks to say it like that, but people think pandering to black people is going to win this election from Trump. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. bruh. Like, we... It's worked in the past. Huh? In the past, it's been able to work. Right, but now, but now it ain't. It's like, look at, look at Trump's demographic. Like, <laughs> like fucking white women who... Who who husband don't even love them, they'll go out and vote for Trump because they feel like they don't have any self worth. Mm, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like, well, I might as well put my trust in this man because we as women we don't know what we're doing, and it's like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? I don't think that any of the Democrat um elects uh, uh whatever Democratic candidates they don't have that same passion. Like they don't have that. Same old following that Trump had. You know, none of them. No. Kamala, any of them. No one really passionate. No one's really passionate about Kamala Harris or Cory Booker. Or, you're no. just, they're just alternative to Trump. And that's not good enough. It was the last time you had someone who had no real passion behind their campaign and they, and it was just an alternative to the other, you know, evil. It was like John Kerry and he lost to Bush. Right. No one really cared. You was just trying to get Bush out of there. That's not enough. You need someone that people actually are going to stand in line for. But shit, not for nothing, at least Bush was qualified for the job. Like, Hillary was qualified for the job, but everybody used that, oh, she locked up uh, black and brown people, called us super predators and blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, so throw her out the window and look what we stuck with. And everybody's mad, like, y'all did this. It's like, nah, own up to the to the fact that people didn't want to be real. Yeah. I think another part of Hillary is just being a president is is more than just qualifications. It's like being cool. Like Oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You gotta be relatable. Because women thought he was good looking and black people thought he was cool. Like personality. Like Obama, mm-hmm. most people can't bring up policies. They'll bring up his his uh, personality, his family. It was those type of things that people liked. His his speech. You know, Hillary Clinton came off like a middle school principal. There was nothing cool yeah. about her. She doesn't have the swagger that her, or the likeness that her husband had. She right. was just boring. And Trump was up there kicking that shit. Trump and, was up there dropping bars. He ain't kid. He'd be like, hey, hey uh, Donald Trump, what do you feel what? about um, foreign taxes? He'd be like, well, Hillary's crooked over here. She got leaked emails and yeah. she watches porn on a computer and everybody's like, yo, worries, boy. You know what I'm saying? Like he did he had crooked. he didn't have to say anything. Yeah, crooked Hillary. That was it. Everybody was like, oh shit, Trump's the man. Yeah. And he'll get on Twitter every day at like 6 a.m. talking that shit. And it's it's I hate to say it, but some of it is fucking amusing. It's funny. Oh, like, it's definitely amusing. You ain't gotta hate to say it. Like we all are I'm enjoying the show. As fucked up as it is, I'm enjoying the show because I'm like, yo, every day this guy gets online and he gets in the media and does some outrageous shit and it fires up people. That's one. Everyone's watching the news now because niggas went to sleep for eight years when Obama was in office. Everybody watching. At my barbershop, them niggas used to watch movies all day. Since Trump been in office, that channel don't leave CNN. Them niggas is glued to the the news. He got everybody wrapped in. He don't even got to, like, and that's the thing, like, he has everybody paying attention now. Yeah. And that's fucked up. Because we're so busy focused on him, and I keep keep saying this, and I can't 
wait until the freaking the 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 veil is pulled back, but we keep focusing on him and arguing about everything that he does that we don't even realize what's going. There's something deeper going on, and when the when the shit pops off, we're gonna be like, oh, wait, yeah. that's what happened. Like yeah. you've been focused on forty five the whole time. And other shit that's going on, and you're you're focused on him and that damn wall, and all the Make America Great had the MAGA hats and all that bullshit. I'm like, man, you seen old boy that got duffed out for wearing the MAGA hat? Oh, I mean, it sounds like a story like that come out every other week. Somebody gets snuffed, but somebody yeah, got not. Yo, his his face, yo, they they beat the shit out of him. Like his wife, his eye was like I couldn't even tell what race he was. Wow, white dude. I don't even know. I, I can't tell you what race he was. That's how that's how fucked up his eye was. Damn, I'm like y'all niggas really because you know we don't usually fight white people like that unless they come at us. You know that's like one of the unwritten rules. You just stupid man. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever. You know what? It, and that pissed me off because I saw a video on Twitter today where I finally was like, why do we keep videotaping these racist people? Saying these racist things like, oh, somebody's going to, oh, that's wrong. It's like, nigga, no, fuck that. Stop videotaping, duff them out. Because if they're going to look at us as the aggressor anyway, give them a reason to. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think in terms of being a victim. So my first thing wouldn't even, you disrespect me, white, black, blue. The first thing I'm not going to do is pull out my phone. Yeah, I'm not going to record it and say, oh, look what they said to me. Uh, get the fuck out of here, man! Knock this nigga out. You ain't doing all that. Been moving like I'm not. I'm not doing that victim shit. I'm not gonna call Al Sharpton. I'm not doing none of that. It doesn't yeah. work. No, it doesn't. It's like the, you keep repeating the same shit over and over, and there's no results. That's why I, I, I talk about the marching and protests, and I'm like, look, that shit worked in the '60s. That's not getting us anywhere at this point anymore. Oh. Y'all can march up and down. Selma to Montgomery, Times Square, all you want, you're still not going to get fair treatment because we keep leaving everything into the you know judicial system's hands. How many how many people are going to walk away, you know, and get acquitted <clears throat> before y'all just realize you know we got to put shit into our own hands? We, I mean, I've said it. Look, and the funny part is, I interview with my grandfather right because he's you know from that era. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he marched with King. And he was saying, you know, like there was a point in time where he was, you know, militant, which is funny because like growing up, knowing him, I was like, you were militant, like you were pro-black, like what? Like, but he's never gave me the vibes like he's all lives matter. So it was never like that, but it was never on some old like what you pro-black. He nigga said he had an afro, he wore dashikis, carried a uh, a revolver, and I was like, really? And he was like, when the riots in Nork happened. Um, he said that he realized that he had to, if he wanted to make change, he had to go from within because he wore his values on the outside. Like they saw him coming a mile away. They knew what he was about. Like, oh, here comes one of those uh, black power dudes. We already know how it's going to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but he was like the moment he, he, he cut the Afro, trimmed up the facial hair, put on a suit. They treated him different. But he still had the same values. He just, you just couldn't see him coming. So by the time he hit you, it was like, oh shit, did this nigga really just do this to us? It's like, yeah, caught you slipping. But you know, you can't tell people that today because they like, nah, that ain't gonna work. They, we gotta, we gotta fight, we gotta fight fire with fire. But it's like, y'all aren't fighting fire with fire if you're standing here letting this lady disrespect you call you all out your name, but you're just on video talking about trying to be right. Like, nah, punch her in her face. I guarantee you her whole attitude will change. She can play the victim all she want. I don't care. Take me to jail. But you will respect me. And and oh. that's how it's going down. Yeah, we got to stop that victim shit. I, that shit is old, man. It's like, <clears throat> like I was talking about with the slavery thing. And now they got this new Harriet movie coming out. And I'm like, I ain't going to lie. That shit look fire, though. People are mad because the girl that's playing her is British. Oh, God. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but I was oh, just saying, man. my whole stance on that is like, yo, they only talk about that shit unless there's money to be made. So I'm like, right, I'm not right. 
put no more slave movies because I'm like, that's the only time y'all want to talk about the horrific shit that y'all did to us is when there's my time to make a buck. And other than that, y'all y'all sweep that shit under the rug. Right. It's forget about it. it that happened so long ago. Why yeah. are we still talking about it? Like, the yeah. reason why they don't want to talk about it is so they can avoid the reparations conversation. Mm-hmm. They act like if we act like slavery didn't exist because it's so uh, sensitive to talk about and they don't talk about it, it makes it easier for them to act like reparations are not necessary. So they don't bring it up at all. And we're, we get too emotional. We don't want to talk about it. So right, right. Jews don't let you forget about the Holocaust, but we you know we want to. Oh no, no! I, I, I'm like, yeah. So I'm not fucking with no more slave movies, right? I'm, because well, also what you we see what they do to to um, silence us. They'll you know they'll find somebody that's poor, give them a bunch of money, like. Oh, I'm out in Beverly Hills. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll they'll get you an ASAP Rocky and be like. Yeah, you, you poor, but here, here's some money, and be like, "Oh shit, well fuck them niggas, I ain't, I ain't going back." You know what I'm saying? And like, and that's what happens. And our people, our people, we're, we're the problem is we're so used to being at the bottom that we get to see a little bit of light. Is like, well, shit, man, I ain't, I can't, I can't help everybody. You know that whole "I can't help everybody" mentality comes out. And it's sad because when you think about it, the the people the 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 people who do try to help everybody, like the black people that do reach back, they end up poor. Look what happened to Hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. Hammer had like a hundred man entourage or something. Like that. Trying to help everybody. I helped the whole hood. He was trying to feed the whole hood. Ended up poor. Because well that and you know, just buying shit that doesn't have any value. All right, fine. Look at yeah, that- um Jeff Rowe, you know what I'm saying? I've been watching all of those uh, Mob James uh, interviews on Vlad, and he was saying how everybody that, you know, because Suge was paying all of the damn uh, Pyrus. Yeah. He had all of them on payroll being security guards, but everybody's back where they started at. Yeah. Suge's in jail doing 28 years. That's crazy, man. Suge actually had some kind of heart, I guess. But yeah, I, I heard about that. But look That's, what that gets you. This is what I'm saying. Like, we got to change the whole narrative all the way around. Got to give people jobs, though. I mean, That's I'm not, if, I was, if I had it like that, I'm not just going to carry, like LeBron. LeBron gave everybody in his circle that he grew up with jobs. Maverick Carter and all of these. He gave all of his homeboys jobs. So they're, they're not really dependent on him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? His, his money, their money is his. They work for him, but they have their own income. So it's like, if you're going to give people jobs, you know, teach a man how to fish, you know, that whole theory. Yeah. I'm not going to fish sticks every day. You know what I mean? So I would give you a job. I'm not going to just give you money every fucking week. I mean, because that shit going to run out eventually. Yeah, especially if it's not turning over. Like if the money isn't turning over into extra dollars, like we ain't we ain't getting anywhere. Like you know, like if we can't make this into something, if I can't turn this one dollar into five, nigga, we gonna go broke by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's a fact. Like, yeah, man. But um, anything else we need to touch on? Nah, really. I mean, this week kind of been slow because I'm not. I'm really trying to think anything else that happened this week. I don't think too much happened. I gotta um uh, hit your line anyway behind the scenes because I want to talk to you about a few things. I've been doing some research on my own about this uh, media shit, so I definitely want to um talk to you behind the scenes. But we can we can touch on that tomorrow for sure. I'll um I'll oh, yeah. text you at some point. Yeah, we do that. For sure, but um, go ahead, uh, shout yourself out again. You know, let everybody know where to find you because you know it's always probably somebody new picking up on this. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, everybody that's always yo people would like at random points be like, yo man, keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, who the fuck is it? Like, all right, thanks, man. Like, random random people, yeah. (laughs) And I, I, I love it. I appreciate it. Props to all y'all, the homie, uh, Frankie Diamonds TV. He's in the building. Go ahead, give him your uh, your handles. Let him know where to find you. Because this yes. guy, he's he's just as critical, if not more critical than me. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a fucking I'm I'm crazy, man. Some of my shit might offend you. It might not. I tell people it's not for the weak at weak at heart. Yeah, YouTube, Frankie Diamonds TV. There's no dashes in it. There's no capitals. It's Frankie Diamonds TV. Um, Twitter, uh, Yerpo Eight. That's capital Y E R R P O Eight. I haven't tweeted in like probably a month though, but. I'll, I'll probably get back on there. I just got to get used to, you know, the devil's playground and the atmosphere because some of that shit is just fouled off of that. Yeah, Twitter's man. a dark hole, man. Yeah. I've I enjoy it, around- though. My my cynical ass, I'll be on there like, yeah, this is it. Then I, I'll I, be I, like, what happened to my five hours? People, man, because, I mean, the people I follow are just toxic as fuck. And it just made me just like, damn, y'all some miserable ass niggas. Yeah. But, I just got to clean up my timeline and I'll be Yeah, that's, a, you know, it's like spring cleaning. Ain't now and then you got to open up the window, yeah. light some sage, you know what I'm saying? Get that funky shit out of here. But yeah, YouTube, I'm TV, man. Appreciate you having me on, man, once again. No problem, man. Like I said, we're going to do this uh, a little more often because uh, I, me personally, I have a hard time finding people that, that are actually consistent. And this is the first time I've said this on air because I usually try to keep shit like behind the scenes, but like with this platform, it's very hard to find people that are consistent, especially in the summertime. It's like, oh shit, summertime's I gotta go. Now I watch when the weather changed, motherfuckers be like, yo, you potting? Like, no, nigga, I got a new number. And the house looking crazy now. Right. So <laughs> you pod who this? Fuck out of here. Right. But um, I appreciate you, homie. I'm gonna link up with you tomorrow for sure. Um, I got a bunch of running around to do myself, but uh, thank you all for tuning in. It's been another episode of hashtags and hot takes you know what i'm saying we just we just two black men critical out here the uh black community hope we don't offend y'all if we do fuck out of here fuck it <laughs> all right, all right. One.